Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways, and I don't like to lose it anyway. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the 704 cast as your Carolina Panthers have moved to 3-0 on the season and now at the time of this recording are currently leading the NFC South. Wes, how are you doing? Doing good. Um, excited to be at the top of the NFC South. Uh, didn't have any football, any Panthers football to watch today, but it was it was nice to watch the Rams beat down on the Bucks. Uh, the Rams are a really good team, so that that was that was an interesting game to watch and just just to see that that the Bucks are beatable. So that that was nice to see. But excited to be three and zero. Excited to be leading the division. Um, but that does come with a little bit of um, uncertainty with some injuries moving forward. Yeah, obviously we'll we'll touch on that here in just a minute when we get into the recap of the Texans game. But yeah, some major injuries that we're just gonna have to deal with here going forward. Um, this will just be me and you today. Uh, Corey actually got married yesterday, so congratulations to him. He'll be back later this week, uh, hopefully. But um, yeah, you, you know that. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm happy the the Bucks lost. I mean, they kind of got exposed. That secondary is pretty awful outside of Carlton Davis. I know Ross Cockle gave up a couple. Uh, I mean, the Deshaun Jackson revenge game, I guess you would call it. But uh, yeah, uh, the Rams look look really damn good. Yeah, they're the, the full package, and that's kind of something I was talking about when we way back when we talked about Stafford being possibility to the Panthers. Um, we just kind of thought the Panthers were further away, and, and they still may be, um, and I think they're a year or two out from being really, really contenders. Uh, they're a good team, but not a great team. I think the Rams are that, that full team, and that's, that's, that's part of why Stafford made more sense to them to me right now yeah it's scary how much of an upgrade Stafford is over golf and that offense I mean doing the things that they want to do and obviously push the ball downfield I mean Cooper Cup's looking like a damn all pro out here um just things are rolling only thing that may end up hurting them in the long run is if their running game stays healthy but um they'll make do with it right now with uh, Henderson and uh, Sonny Michelle so we'll see what happens but yeah, let's uh, let's take a look back at uh, Thursday night. Um, the Panthers won twenty four to nine, I believe. I don't. <laughs> it seems like it was forever ago, and my days are running together. But um, yeah, the 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 key takeaways of that game: Sam Darnold throws for another three hundred yard. Um, excuse me, has another three hundred yard game. Uh, the injuries to J.C. Horn, Christian McCaffrey. Um, we'll touch on those here in just a second. Looks like uh, McCaffrey's going to miss a few weeks with a hamstring strain, and then J.C.'s deciding what to do with three broken bones in his foot, um, talking it over with family. 
doctors, the team, seeing what's kind of the best option for him moving forward for the rest of the year. Originally, I thought a broken foot probably be back six to eight weeks, but it turns out it's, uh, it looks like three different bones broken in his foot. So um, at this point, I probably would say he's probably going to opt to shut it down for the year. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know the report came out today that we've reached out to Richard Sherman. There's a Scott Fitter connection there, and we'll discuss that when we finish wrapping this up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, DJ Moore uh, had a hell of a game, uh, 12 targets, eight receptions, uh, another 100-yard game, uh, and uh, another touchdown, I believe. No. Oh, see. Uh, like I said, it's it's been – three. Th- all three rushing touchdowns from Sammy D. And that's right. Tom, and Tommy. Yep. The, the Tommy Tremble end-around play. Great, great play by Joe Brady. We talked about opening up the playbook last week, and now we're starting to see a few wrinkles here and there. I think Joe Brady had a heck of a game uh, as far as calling it. Sam did what Sam's done so far. There was two fumbles where the offensive line kind of felt that pressure and gave it up uh, in a bad, bad way. Uh, the offensive line looked pretty horrendous, especially after CMC went out of the game. Um, they just... Houston was getting pressure anytime they wanted, and Sam did a pretty damn good job of navigating the pocket and stepping up and making some tough throws when he was getting hit. I know there's that one to DJ where he had three guys uh, on him after he got hit when he threw the ball. So with all the uncertainty coming into the season at quarterback position, I mean, Sam Darnold sure sure looks the part. Yeah, and we were talking right before we came on here, and I was I was kind of taking a look at his numbers compared, and, and I mean, Statistically, Darnold has been a top 10 quarterback in the league this year. Um, you can say what you want about having faced the Jets and, and the Texans. Uh, fine. Uh, but that Saints defense is not is not terrible. That's a good defense. Uh, they were missing a couple guys, but still top 10 and top 10 in the league in yards. So you, you can't argue with the results there. Uh, so I think as of right now, I I. I'm in on Sam and, and we've said that the whole time, but I'm just, I think I'm, I'm buying into, into it even more and, and looking to him to build around him for the future, like possibly extension kind of thing. Yeah. At this point, there's no reason not to be thinking that. Um, I mean, you, you look at the throws he's making and, and the misses that he has. I mean, I talked about this uh, in our message this week, but he, when he does miss, it's not, where the ball's almost picked. He puts it where either our guy gets it or nobody gets it. Um, there has been a couple of throws where he's tried to force it, and those have led to almost you know, near interceptions. But for the most part, the accuracy has impressed me, um, the navigation of the pocket, being, being able to step up under pressure. And then just – I mean, he's at, what, three, now three 300-yard games to start the year? So, um, I mean, he's doing everything that you want. I guess the only thing that um, I guess maybe is a worry or maybe even a concern is just the the lack of Robbie getting involved. Yeah. And that's something I was wanting to get into is just the target share again this week. And, and obviously DJ got his, his share of the targets and, and it's looking like he's going to be 10, 10 to 12 targets a game uh, pretty consistently. So DJ is definitely um, emerged as, Sam's favorite, but that, that second spot has really been up for grabs all season long. Um, outside, I guess, outside of McCaffrey, uh, I'm just talking receivers, but, uh, with McCaffrey's injury, Terrace Marshall was second in targets for the week with five targets for those being catches. Chuba came in tied with him, five targets. 
and then Dan Arnold at four. Robbie with only two targets with one catch. Um, I don't know if teams are trying to take Robbie away, and I, I haven't noticed that when I'm watching and, and, and or rewatching. I haven't noticed that teams are really trying to take Robbie away. It's just it's really just been Sam not looking for Robbie. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning for that is. Yeah, it's it's the one thing that I've kind of you know it looks like Robbie disappears at times. But um, you know, it's not anything against him. It's just maybe just how the offense is being designed right now. I mean, you know, Robbie was kind of Teddy's guy last year, and it looks like DJ is definitely Sam's guy. Um, you know, twelve targets. If he keeps his pace up, I mean, he's going to put up a fifteen hundred yard season, and DJ's going to make a lot of money. So those are things just going to happen. And now with seeing, I mean, with uh, Christian out, that looks you know that's six to seven uh, at minimum targets that are becoming available. So, I mean, I don't think Chuba's going to, you know, be able to replace Christian. Nobody can really replace Christian. I mean, the offense has shown that it does a good job last year with Mike Davis. But, you know, this is a rookie running back behind a line that's not built to uh, rely on the run game. I mean, we're not built to be a a power run team. It's just simply not there with the offensive line. And it was evident in preseason. It's been – it was evident when Christian went out of the game, although Chuba did have a couple of nice runs there in the fourth where he ripped off a couple, you know, 10 to 12 yard gains. But the, I mean, the, this is uh this is not a, a power run football team and, it, and it's just not designed that way. The offensive line is not going to, not going to do Chuba any, any favors back there. Yeah. And I think Chuba stepped up and, and did as much as you could have expected from him on Thursday night. He had end up with, uh, 14 touches for 79 yards. So that that's that was split pretty evenly between the the run and the pass. So if you can get that from something similar to that from him, and then you give Royce Freeman another ten carries maybe, and I th- I think and and a couple catches for Royce as well. I think you can you can somewhat duplicate McCaffrey's production to an extent. Um, but what you can't duplicate is the other team's game planning to sh- to stop McCaffrey. They can now game plan to take away DJ, to take away S- S- Sam's read, to really get pressure on Sam, like you talked about, the, the, that was the, what was happening with the Texans. When you take away Christian, you take a, away a full dimension of the offense. Yeah, and somebody's going to have to step up during this time. I mean, it could be Chuba, it could be Terrace, it could be uh, <laughs> Dan Arnold. I mean, you don't know. But I think, I think I don't think there's one person on the team, DJ included, that could ever step up and take take – take over McCaffrey's share. I think it's got to be, it's got to be a, a group effort and everyone has to step up two, three targets, catches, rushes a game and, and, and pick up that production, that 150 yards a game, all purpose. Right. Uh, I mean, and looking back at Tommy Trimble's game on Thursday night, he had a, you know, some nice plays drawn up for him. So, you know, Matt rule said that he would, um, you know, have a, a growing role in this offense. So things, things to watch for. I mean, that rushing touchdown on the, on the end around that was, uh, that caught everybody by surprise. I wasn't expecting uh, that to be a play called <laughs> down in uh, that part of the line, but you saw it worked. Uh, the, I mean, the Texans uh, obviously didn't know what to expect. Um, just it, touching back to, it, it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, how much of a effect this has on the offense. Now, personally, I'm a little bit more worried about JC's injury and how that affects the defense because um, the secondary is where we couldn't really use a, I mean, lose uh, anybody. Uh, and, and Dante's 
kind of shown in the past that he has problems uh, covering number one receivers and we're back in the situation. So what are your thoughts on, on the JC injury and how do you think this affects the, the defense going forward? Yeah, it, it's tough. It was, we were sitting there just there were like three injuries back to back to back. It felt like, um, and the others were minor. Uh, Christians was, was quite a bit earlier in the game, but just in there like, goodness, can this, when, when is this going to end? Um, and the first thought was just, it, it puts my first thought during that is it puts Dante into that number one role. And we've seen what that, what that looks like. And it's not great. Dante has been really good this year and improved because he hasn't have, hasn't had to cover that number one guy. And, and it's allowed him to focus on doing everything. He's been an improved tackler. He's been, he's been fine in the second, fine in coverage. And, and he's been the source of, of two or three long uh, busted coverage plays and and but that's okay because the defense was playing well enough otherwise that that it didn't it ended up mattering but um especially with some of the the receivers coming up I'm very concerned about the lack of somebody who can cover a number one yeah it was, it's been really nice having JC back there and, and having an actual lockdown corner for the first time in what seems like years I mean even I wouldn't necessarily considered Bradbury one but you know probably since Norman um so it was nice to have that and then having this injury happen in just a sort of kind of a freak way I mean he was just backpedaling down the field and his foot got caught and thankfully it wasn't an Achilles injury like originally feared and originally thought of but um yeah I mean it's it's you I, I don't know it's I'm worried about Dante moving over there I'm worried about AJ having the shift on the outside now um I mean <laughs> don't want to see Rashawn Melvin out there uh, it's um, this key, I mean, Keith Taylor, this is a good chance for him to step up and get some, get some playing time. Um, I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm yeah. kind of bummed about, about that, especially with what you said with Amari and CD coming up this, this upcoming weekend. Yeah. And, and not just that the Vikings are, are soon after yeah. with, with Justin Jefferson. And, and it just seems like when you look at our schedule, it's just full of number one guys like that, that it would just having JC out there would be important and it's gonna it's gonna be really tough um but i think you, you brought up keith taylor and, and and i'd love to see him get some time some reps but i think you have to go get a veteran uh I, you mentioned earlier um that they had reached out to um richard sherman sherman sorry i forgot i blanked there for a second <laughs> they had reached out to richard sherman if that's who it is fine uh, uh, he's obviously lost a step there's a reason he's not signed right now uh, but you've got to go get somebody to put out there, even if it's just somebody to to mentor Taylor and split some time with him. I don't, I don't have an answer, but you, you can't stay put because I, I think that's, and furthermore, I think that he should shut it down for the season. Uh, this was never going to be the year. Mm-hmm. Get it, get it fully healthy. Uh, I think Greg, when Greg broke a, uh, his, uh, an ankle or a, a bone in his foot, and he rushed it back. He just kept – he broke that same foot like three different times because he, he just rushed it back. Yeah. Um, Richard Sherman would be an okay signing at this point. In, I mean, at this point in the season where, you know, we don't we, – we're not going to sign some crazy contract. It would be a one-year deal and you'll get him for cheap and fill in the gaps. I mean, at this point you can probably – 
think that Phil Snow is going to dial up more blitzes, and we could probably see that in at least the coming weeks moving forward. Because if you can get to the quarterback and the quarterback have less time to throw the ball, then you know your secondary has less time to cover. So uh, that's probably something I would watch for moving forward. Um, we've done a really damn good job of getting to the quarterback, and um, probably uh, we lead the league in um, quarterback hits. So three straight games, one and a half sacks for Reddick. He is on just an incredible pace. Teams aren't going to be able to, to double team everybody, and that's what we we talked about. And it's so far, you know, Burns has kind of been the guy who's been getting more of the attention, and Hassan's been the beneficiary. So I'm interested to see if that changes. Yeah, one thing while we're on the topic, I do want to point out is, and if there's any criticism I have of, of Phil Snow, this is it. Uh, um, Brian Burns is dropping back into coverage way too much. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. It's it's mo it's it's just that zone flat coverage and and he's gotten a couple bat he's gotten at least one bat down that I can remember from it and and sure that's all fine and good, um, but when when you can send both Burns and Reddick to the quarterback the pre the 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 odds of getting there just are increasing so I I just don't I don't quite understand why you send arguably your best pass rusher back drop him back so so often. Yeah, he's, he's obviously wants to show different looks. Um, you know, he, we kind of switched up to a different uh, formation there for the majority of the drive that the Texans did score that touchdown on. I mean, and Davis Mills just kind of picked it apart because we shifted more to a soft zone, and that was pretty evident. I mean, they worked their way down the field. I mean, we didn't get any pressure. And that's kind of what happened at, at times there. That's when we didn't take advantage of it at the end of the first half and then in, even the start of the second half. The defense looked kind of, you know, rough. And then Justin Burris obviously had his injury with uh, the groin. So I don't know what's going to happen there, how many games he's going to miss. But Sam Franklin did look uh, pretty good uh, in, in some extended playing time on, on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm not quite as worried about that one because as we had chronicled, Burris had just been okay so far. So I, I think that, that that role can be filled, filled pretty easily. Um, but we've, we've got to figure something out at corner because I, I, I'm not comfortable with Bouye sliding outside. I'm not comfortable with Rashawn Melvin taking covering the one of Amari Cooper or CD lamb. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm, I'm not interested in seeing uh, Amari or CD. I mean, at that point, um, somebody's uh, you just you're not going to be able to stop this offense. And then you have Zeke in the backfield. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough test. We'll we'll talk more about it this week. But I'm um, not, not looking. This is this is a game I'm worried about, and it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to really find out a lot about this defense uh, next Sunday. But yeah, how nice was it not to have to worry about Joey Sly? It was great to have Sly on the other side, of, on the other team for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he missed, he missed a, a PAT um, pretty early on. So that was – it's it's the irony in that. I was traveling and, and wasn't wasn't watching with my wife, and she was like – she texted me and said, Sly just missed a kick. I didn't know – the one that was on the Panthers – used to be on the Panthers. I didn't know he went somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> like she knew he wasn't our kicker anymore, but she didn't know somebody actually – he was good enough to actually play for somebody else, how bad he had been for us. Yeah, and they, they, they even mentioned it that when they decided not to kick that long field goal. Um, 
and uh Aikman said yeah yes Joey Sly has a hell of a leg and then I'm like yeah you just don't know where it's going yeah I think I texted in the group message like I wanted to see him try and kick that 60 yarder and miss it 30 yards right but yeah. have plenty of leg on it <laughs> that's what we've come to expect out of them so it's nice to see another fan base have to suffer through it for a while and then to see their uh, beat writers on Twitter saying that Fairbairn couldn't come back uh, quick enough. Um, and uh, that's, that's funny. Um, but talking about this, um, you know, we were, we said we were worried about the secondary going against Dallas's um, offense. I mean, we struggled with Brandon cooks and we talked about that last week when we were previewing uh, this week's game about uh, that's their offense. Our offense is to run the ball and throw it to Brandon cooks. And I believe he had, you know, nine or 10 catches. Um, I mean, just, we struggle to stop him. So if we can't stop him, then, I mean, just imagine what CD or Amari possibly could do to us. Yeah. Cooks was nine for one twelve, and we did shut down the run. That's, mm-hmm. that's the last year. The run was our, our big issue. Um, and really the past two, but that's a different story, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was re- the run was really bad and teams were just able to gash us and, and control the ball. And but so 17 total carries for 42 yards doesn't help that they were playing from behind the whole time. So they they tried they kind of abandoned the run, but we were able to to really stifle the run game. And and the whole offense, like you said, really was Brandon Cooks. After that, there was only 50 more receiving yards and the 42 rushing yards. So they they didn't do anything outside of that. The problem is, is when you start running into teams that have more weapons and and yes we were able to shut down mark ingram david johnson and philip Lindsay. <laughs> mm-hmm. will will we be able to to shut down zeke and tony pollard will we be able to shut down a dalvin cook will we be able to shut down some of these other running backs we see um especially when we have to re-scheme without jc one of the one things i am incurred excuse me, encouraged about is uh, the third down efficiency on both sides of the ball. I mean, um, I think we lead the league in third down conversions uh, as far as defense, as far as limiting the other team's offense. So that's, um, that's encouraging. And then offensively, I believe we're 11th on, on conversions. So uh, I've been impressed with third down play calling on both sides of the ball, Uh, you know, so far this season, the stats are showing it. Yeah. And I mean, as far as conversions go to red zone three or four this week again. So after a week one where I was a little iffy and a week two where the, the rate was good, but he still tried a few times to just shove it. I think, I think Brady is starting to scheme better down there in the red zone and, and do things like the Tommy Trimble run. And, and we talked about coming into the season, the weapons we were going to have down by the goal line of Trimble, Arnold. McCaffrey, obviously, Terrence. And now you got Darnold's legs, <laughs> right? Exactly, and, and yeah, things like that. And and so, it he's starting to spread out the weapons and look to all the weapons, and and I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, and speaking of that, what I just mentioned about Sam's uh, running ability, I, I hate that that 30 yard rush that he had uh, ended up getting called back for holding. Um, but he was uh, he was moving on that. It wasn't quite Cam, but uh, nice to see him being aggressive and turning it on. And, and even if he doesn't do it often, just the threat of it, just being capable is important. Yeah, yeah, just being aggressive. 
which we didn't see a lot of aggressiveness last year. But changing quarterback, Sam's proven a lot of doubters wrong. I mean, how many in the national media thought that we'd start the season three and The answer is none. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> currently leading I, and, the NFC South. And and if you remember when we went back and 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 kind of recapped the schedule whenever that came out, we talked through. We all predicted the three and was a very high possibility. And and uh, injuries aside, for the first eight, seven, eight games, we, we we pretty much said seven and one, six and two, somewhere in that that realm was was a very big possibility. Obviously, things look different with no JC, no Christian, but I still think you can you can come out of there six and two even without them if you scheme this right. Um, this Dallas game is coming up that we're going to talk more about later this week. is It's going to be a tough game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to look a little more into it and also interested to see what, what we do personnel-wise to possibly fill holes. So, Yeah, Monday, Monday and Tuesday of this week are going to be big ones to see who the team signs and who they promote off the practice squad. If I had to guess, I'd say maybe Kenny Robinson could get a look off the practice squad. Um, uh, I don't necessarily know. Well, if we bring Melvin up, we have to sign him for the rest of the season, I think. So that's something interesting to see how that unfolds now. Whether they decide to go out there and sign a veteran or they use that roster spot on Melvin. I'd rather just see them sign a different veteran because yeah. I think we've seen what we need to see out of Rashawn. Yeah. And I mean, I think that we can replace – um, Christian more easily than we can replace JC. hundred um, percent. And it's not, like I said before, it's not you're replacing Christian with Chuba and the, the splitting of Chuba and Royce. You're replacing Christian um, by getting Terrace a couple more targets by mixing in Tommy Trimble into some, some weird scheme plays. Um, even guys like Alec Eric's Alex, Alex Erickson and Brandon Zilstra getting a couple extra targets can be a product of Christian getting not 10 targets. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how the ball spreads out. Yeah. And if this is going to change anything on the kick returns or punt returns with Chuba looking like the starter moving forward. Um, I mean, they, they did have some interest in day, uh, day, excuse me, Duke Johnson after the injury on Friday. I don't know if he came in for a visitor. They just reached out. Uh, to, to him, but um, that's a name to watch this week as well to see you know if they decide to spin a roster spot on a, a running back. Yeah, and last thing I'll say about the Christian injury, we talked about it for the first two games. His his load wasn't sustainable, and when you go when you carry the ball, when you touch the ball twenty nine times in a Sunday game, and then have to turn around and play on Thursday, that's hard on somebody's body, and and, and his body gave out his his hamstring. I, I have no – there's no doubt in my mind that's because of – not because of – it's it happened because of two things. Overload oh, yeah, short and – overload and short week. It's the two things. He was overloaded in a short week. And they – in that game, they were trying to give him more rest, but the damage was already done from the, the, the week two game, a blowout at that. And when he comes back, you've got to be smarter with him. I know he's the type that wants to be on the field all the time, but as a coach, you, you can't – you can't just give in your your player just because they want to be on the field all the time. You've got to manage his load and cut it down to about 70% of what it is. Yeah, it was so weird, like how he pulled it or, yeah, how he pulled it because it was almost on the hesitation and you just never saw him limp or anything, and then he just walked off the sideline. Oh. But, I mean, once they found out that he couldn't push off of it, that was was it. If I had to guess, I'd say this is probably like a three-week thing. Just there's no need to rush him back, especially with how the schedule looks over the next couple of weeks. 
especially the, the start that we have, we've had to the season as well. Yeah, at first, before they said strain, I was thinking maybe six to eight if it was like a serious hamstring thing. That's more kind of the timeline you see with that. When they said it was just a strain, I I definitely don't want him to rush back, but knowing Christian is probably closer to that three-week range, like you said. Some, but for for guys with the, the strains, you're probably looking in that three- to five-week range historically, I feel like. The other thing I saw, it was like anywhere between three and four five games is most common. And then uh, somebody had an instance where they missed eight or nine weeks. So uh, we'll see. Three weeks is probably what the number I have in my mind. So we'll see how this affects the game plan going into Dallas. If, do you think if we go, let's just say we were able to pull out three and oh, again, three and oh in the next three games. So get to six and oh, do you think that allows that you think that pushes him to sit longer? To, to get it back fully healthy or and vice versa. We go one and two after the three and O start or something along those lines. Does that push him to come back? And, it, and he's not at hundred percent. What do you think? I mean, the next three games are, is, is a, some, I can't even say tough stretch. Looking at this right now, say we lose Sunday. Then we got Philadelphia and Minnesota at home. Minnesota's defense is non-existent this year. It's god-awful. It's terrible. Um, the secondary is terrible. Patrick Peterson's not what he was. Philadelphia, that's a winnable game there as well with the way our defense plays, and that's at home. Um, without so, without J.C. and Christian, with J.C. and Christian, I, I say there's a chance to go 3-0 and in those games and get to 6-0. and without, okay. J- without J.C. and Christian, I think that's, I think that's 2-1. and one. All right, so then that puts you at 5-1. and one. And then you have the Giants, the Falcons, the Patriots, and then you have a, a test with the Cardinals. The, the 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 Giants, Falcons, and Patriots have all looked not good. Yeah, the Patriots look the best of the three, but the Patriots have not looked good. So, I say that to say these these three games are the tough of those six, the next six. So if we go two and one, and we're coming up against the Giants, I'm not sure Christian needs a rush back for that game. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, you legitimately look at the schedule and you tell me how the Panthers may not end up being nine and one going into a November 14th game against the Cardinals. Cardinals are the real deal, but there's the Eagles to me, the, the two lost chance, the, the two likely lost chances are Dallas and Philadelphia. If you can pull out one of those that puts you at, you said nine and one. Yeah, yeah. The only game is okay. Well, I did. So if you, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Vikings, that stretch right there, if we go two and one and then we win the next three, we are nine and one facing the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals could come into that game with seven, eight wins. So that, 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 that could be a really fun game right there. Mm-hmm. That offense is, is tough. And that's a game I really worry about, just like against Dallas. I mean, their offenses well, that, are that pa- that pass rush too is is really yeah. concerns me with that with our offensive line. I mean, and, and the secondary not so much, but the pass rush that they they've been able to get so far, uh, I'm scared for Sam in that matchup. If we can just get out of this week's game with no major injuries, then I definitely like how the schedule looks out heading into. I mean. Even after Arizona, you have Washington at Miami. You don't know who is going to be playing quarterback for them at that point. 
Um, and then you have the Falcons. Yeah. I, let, let, let's Scott just use the first rounder next year to go get like an elite corner and then don't re-sign Dante. And we'll, we'll walk into next year with, with whatever elite corner you traded for and JC. Just, just go do it. Spend all the, all the money we have in cap next year on the offensive line. Yeah. I, I, I don't Those see a problem. Really I don't, I don't see a, pro- I don't see a problem with that though, because you, you don't, you, you, yeah, you don't have a first and second round pick, but if you resign, if you sign some competent offensive linemen and you've traded for another elite corner, what, it, what else do you need to do? The only holes on this offense. Okay. So you'd spend the off season resigning anybody that you need to resign. And then you spend the rest of your money at the only holes that you have, which is the secondary and the offensive line. Yeah. So that by trading, You've already filled the one hole of Dante walking. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, guys. I'm just saying that's what I want him to do. It's more than likely going to be a veteran one-year deal of somebody who's sitting on their couch or somebody who's on a practice squad somewhere. Yeah, and there's not any corners right now asking to be traded that, you know, to go out there and make that big splash at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it, I've seen crazier things, and Scott's a magician, so – I mean, yeah, just like the Marcus Peters, um, Jalen Ramsey trade from a couple years ago. You knew Ramsey wanted out, but I didn't you know. You never saw that those two would be traded for each other. Um, we'll see how it shakes out. So, shoot, let's wrap this up. Um, we'll get back with uh, a preview from Dallas uh, this upcoming week, and hopefully the Panthers can try to improve to 4-0 on the season and remain one of the four, uh, four undefeated teams in the National Football League. So, Wes, anything you want to add? No, just uh, enjoy the good season, injuries aside, and and let's get let's try and get a win coming up. Yeah, guys, this was not supposed to be the year. It's not going to be the year. But if you're not happy with the progression that you're seeing so far, then, hey, I don't know what you've been watching. We'll see you all this week. Later.